Welcome to another episode of Market Overdrive. My name is Carla Mina and I am a residential real estate broker with Compass. It is a great delight to hang out with you guys every other Thursday and entertain you, but also give you a window of what's going on in the world of real estate investing. And of course, I can't do that by myself. I have to lead on my mod squad. And with me as always, hi, Joel. Market Overdrive, that's the mod squad. How are you, Carla? I'm doing great. How are you, uh, Tammy? How's it going? I'm doing well as well, but I'm wondering why is it dark so early? What's happening? (laughs) It's winter. Yeah, that's what happens when it's December 5th, by the way, (laughs) and it's a special day today. I I hear a fantastic girl is celebrating her birthday. And that's you. Happy birthday, Carla. How tired are you guys of my Facebook posts of all my birthday celebrations? <laughs> I love how you have like a month-long birthday it's celebration. It's a whole month long. <laughs> what can I say? I'm so thankful to be alive. I think December and this year specifically. I know I said it at the party, but you guys were making fun of me. It really has been an amazing year for me. Thank you for everybody who's trusted uh, their business with me in real estate. My team has kicked ass. Uh, we're doing uh, amazing things. And then just the Mod Squad. Next year, we're going to be adding some new features. We had the boys from Tony P that came in and talked about, you know, what's going on in the in the entertaining world. And then next year, we're going to take it to In the Field, where we're actually going to be doing a new show. So Market Overdrive is growing, and I'm so happy to have you both in my life. So thank you, Aww. Will, the crew, everybody that puts this together, Jasmine. Um, uh, thank you so much for uh, putting this together and letting us, uh, you know, entertain you again and educate you on everything that is real estate. So why don't we go on with uh, what else we have planned? Well, happy birthday. It's so cool that you're actually here. You looked in advance and you said, I think I want to be on air. And that's what's really great about <laughs> Carl and the whole team is that we're really here to give back. And if it was my birthday, I think we're taking the show off. I, <laughs> I think we're, we'll make sure that it's a birthday uh, in 2020 where we're not on the air. But that's what's so cool about Carla, Thank right? Thank you. Every day is a hustle. You don't miss an opportunity. And so it's uh, always good to be alive, right? And to make a difference. So anyway, today's rundown, we have great special guests for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about what's happening in the market, a really good um, understanding of what is happening. Are we in a bubble? And our boys are back, Joey and Adam. I promise that they're going to speak more this time. And I think their parents are here. So we may be able to interview them too. Hi, guys. How's it going? Thank you for hanging out. Um, we also have, and I told you I was going to mess it up, but here it is. It's not even that difficult but julia stoner and hello she said she she wasn't going to change her last name but think about it if i was going to be if i was carla stoner i too wouldn't change it uh and her business partner not her husband has been clarified (laughs) roman sarah are here to talk about uh creating family wealth that long-term wealth uh apartment buildings uh investing being a landlord you have to tune in because you got to get their take on how to build wealth for your children's children as we like to say it and of course in the business spotlight we have a fitness trainer here it's very well known everybody knows him he's also bringing in a new product called uh text or mex text mex punch or something that i messed that up but anyway he's going to be talking about how to stay fit during this holiday season i myself am actually trying to go no carbs and no sugar we'll see about that because i will be eating a lot of cake lately um but we also have greg uh and he's here to talk about what's going on in the scene so mod on the scene later on today so thank you again for tuning in we have great stuff What's going on in the trenches, Miss Tammy? In the trenches. I'll tell you what. My advice for today is simple. It's this. Be in touch with your credit score. Know what your credit is doing. I recently had a couple clients who had this big plan to get a new house. They thought they were in touch with their credit score. They hadn't checked it in well over a year. And when we went to move forward, we were unable to. uh, Not that we'll never get it done. We will. But it's not going to be on the timeline they anticipated. And that was preventable. So I want to remind everybody that the government has set up ahead of time. Everybody's entitled to one free credit report per year. You can track it there at annualcreditreport.com. Do yourself a favor and be in touch with your credit. 
Love it. Mr. Joel Schwab. So, guys, we're, we, we talk about this a lot, but it's really about giving back. And if you're a buyer out there right now and you're thinking about buying in the next uh, six months, you got to build your team. You need people around you that really care about you. There's so many people that just got into the business last week, last year, or last month. And they're perfectly fine, but you really want somebody who's got years of experience because they're the people that aren't going to steer you wrong just for a commission. You need to find your insurance person, your real estate agent, your lender, and actually get these people based on referrals. It's not just calling around to try to find the cheapest person. I told the story before. If you were getting eye surgery, you're not looking for the person that's got the cheapest rate. Same with mortgages, same with insurance. And it's all about integrity. And that's what we're trying to do is help bring great people to you each and every single week on WGN's Market Overdrive. Love it. And from in the trenches, I want to talk to you buyers as well. And just to piggyback on what uh, the Mod Squad's saying, it is so true. You have to check your credit score and you have to plan ahead. And when I mean plan ahead is maybe reach out to your preferred uh, realtor and just know what's going on in the market, what areas you want. By the time you are ready to pull the plug or ready to buy something, you should know what area you're interested in, uh, what is the average price point in that area. Also look at what has sold so that at least you know what you can afford in that area so that you're prepared. And working on your credit, it's not something bad. It's something that you work for and you can start fixing it now and then you start looking at the market. By the time you're ready, you're going to be able to buy something that fits in your budget and is the best product out there and no one's going to tell you what the property is worth because by now you're going to understand the market yourself. Uh, In the trenches for my sellers, if you're looking to sell and you want to take advantage of the market, you want to come in for spring market, start taking care of the uh, property now. Start getting rid of all the stuff, all the extra stuff, putting in a bedroom to a bedroom if it's a den and it's got a desk and it's got a family room or it's got whatever, get rid of it. You have to put everything back in its place um, because it's going to come back in the market. It's going to compete. And by February, you should be able to sell it and sell it fast because there is a ton of activity going on. So that's my part for in the trenches. I also forgot to talk about plant happy. Our girl Rebecca is back and she's going to talk about five house plants trends uh, that will be hot, ne- hot next year in 2020. So Joel, you have some really cool guests here. I want to talk about here. money. Yeah, I want to talk about creating wealth, <laughs> oh, right? I want to make sure that our people that are in studio uh, get their proper due. So I know Julia- how to create money. All you yeah. have to do is buy a, a money plant. Have you heard of that? <laughs> That's coming in later. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> how to plant those. Right, <laughs> Hi, man. I'm doing great. Thank Good. you, Thank for, you for coming me. on, Julia. Excited to be here. Awesome. So we're talking about building wealth. And you guys, tell us a little bit about where you're at and what you've been doing in real estate. So we've both been in the business for seven or eight years. And in the last year and a half, we've been working directly with um, investors or um, multifamily buyers, um, people who want to build their wealth, Mm -hmm. essentially. Our company is Spaces Real Estate, and our division is Spaces Invest. So we primarily deal with you know, investments and... And you've been there a while and there's a lot of employees. This isn't something small. Just give no. our viewers a little bit of an idea of how many people work there. Because when I went in there, there's I was blown away by the number of employees that work for you guys. It's such a great Chicago company. There's about 70 agents there That's in amazing. total. And uh, we're a private company. We have corporate partnerships, yeah. but, um, you know, there's 30 support staff. So there's over 100 of us in total, if you include management and... Um, you know, we started in a little thousand square foot office, which is when I, we both started mm-hmm. together, yeah. elbow to elbow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a lot has happened since our days of uh, you know racing to the phone to who could answer it fastest. Um, 
So, Julia, you had a story here about racing out of a property years ago. <laughs> what was something that happened that before you got into real estate that uh, kind of scared you? What was going so, on? So it was when I first started um, in real estate and I was renting apartments and I, w- I went to go show an apartment, knocked on the door, said, hello, Julia Stoner, Spaces Real Estate, didn't hear anything, welcomed my clients in behind me. We started going through the apartment, went through the living room, went through the dining already. room. Is something scary going to happen? This sounds scary. Was in the closet. There was a squad And there. we walked oh into the second bedroom, and there was a couple having sex. Whoa. And we were so appalled. I didn't know what to do. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I closed my eyes, and I and we ran out. There's so many thoughts going through my head. I don't even know if I want to chime that. in on that. <laughs> No. But I went to the apartment. Oh. Yeah, must have been good luck. <laughs> wow. We so okay. Never mind. I'm like, I wonder what the tenants, what the other tenants were saying. Like, I don't want to take this space now. It's like gross. Oh, it's it was like they almost like a good omen or something. Wow. They had to take it. It was a couple I who I was showing. So you know, See, real estate is crazy. Yeah. It's not just about the ups and downs. It's just what happens when you're in the field, in the and, trenches. Yes, exactly. Honestly, in the, trenches. That, the, the funny thing too. But did they crazy, stop? Um, I can't recall, to be honest with you. I think they might have, but I don't know. We left right away. So. I'm almost done. See, I told you. All right. We yeah. can take this conversation so oh, many other places. Like, let's keep it PG. Totally. Yeah. Roman, you have a PG story, though, well, about that. Well, no, just on that subject, though, mm-hmm. you know, we where we're at now, what we do now, it started with us renting apartments, which was really kind of an odd, you know, a lot, there's a lot of multifamily brokers out there, a lot of commercial brokers. But we rented so many apartments that the landlords reached out to us and they said, what else can you guys do for us? Yeah. What do you think of this? They had us underwrite the buildings for them, look at the rents on properties that they wanted to buy. And, you know, that's led us to where we are now, which is, you know, doing tens of millions of dollars in business each year. I don't even know where we're at. Mm-hmm. We're on our way to probably $50 million. Didn't and you have one recently that was in the several million dollar range, and that was a multifamily building? We're selling all different types. We've expanded into commercial real estate. We're buying businesses and factories. We're, we're buying a meat processing plant for someone. We're, we're selling, uh, you know, 20 plus units at a time. And we we bought a hotel this year for someone. So We're it's developing building wealth. It. Yeah, yes. building wealth. And it starts with the two-unit building, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not just a f- five-plus apartments. It's called multifamily, okay, in, in, in a commercial sense. Okay. But really where it starts is just one more apartment than your own. That's it. I love that. Yeah, That's something really we can relate to, yeah. right, Carlin? Yeah. yeah. That we can get right back it's down to really business a, on that. It's an underlooked part of the real estate business right now too. There's a lot of opportunity in it. Yeah, actually, Inman sent out a oh, published an article earlier. I actually sent it to my team uh, about millennials not buying or in the near future, and they're going to stay as tenants. And so that I sent them. It's a little joke, and I said, "Oh, uh, our landlord clients, our investors, have now sec- job security for the next couple of years yeah, right. because they have built-in clients that are you know there's going to be there's continued demand for this." for this inventory type. Mm-hmm. So why aren't more people doing it? I don't know. And as a landlord myself, I own a two-unit building and I am totally okay with that. <laughs> I will I will love the fact that I'm always going to have a renter there who's going to be paying half my mortgage. Yeah. For myself, my husband and I bought a two-flat a year and a half ago and we wanted the perks of a single-family home. We wanted a yard. We wanted a garage. We wanted space. Street, you know, yeah, a tree street, a walk-up. Um, but we didn't want the financial burden on a single family home. And so we thought, Hey, why not buy a two flat? And we have a renter and she pays half our mortgage and we still have a yard and we've got a garage and we've got all the perks of a single family home. And 
the purchase price was two thirds of a house in their neighborhood too. It's worth mentioning, you know, yeah. a house is a million bucks over there. Well, here's a conversation about why buy a house versus a multi-unit, but it's really for the millennial, right? If we're talking about that consumer, your end user, who's going to be your, your tenant, if we want to convert them into clients and say, why don't you become an investor? Why don't you fire your landlord and you become a landlord and you're moving in with your roommate anyway. So you already have a tenant, right? What they say to me is, but who's going to manage it? I don't have time because I'm at brunch and then happy hour. And thank you for making me money, Carla. I love that you're looking out for me, but I don't want to do the work. Who's going to manage it? There are management companies out there. But again, owning a two-flat isn't necessarily for everyone. But for the people who want to, no offense, be a little bit smarter and build their wealth, mm-hmm. it's the real estate is the way to go. And it is by owning a two-flat. And sometimes you got to get your hands dirty. And there are people who don't want to do that. And no offense, that sucks for you. But I'm, real, I'm ready to do that. And I'm willing to build my wealth by owning a two-flat. What do you want to do? You know, you, you have to be willing to do what it takes to better yourself. Yeah. You know, and anything that you own, a condo, a house, uh, and a small apartment building, there's work to be done. It's, yeah. They're in varying degrees. There's also a lot of tools out there for homeowners and apartment owners that they can take some of the burden off of the, you know, off of themselves for every uh, task needed. You know, there's great service industries. There's different um, property management tools for collecting rent. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of protections for a landlord. So it's not doom and gloom just because you need to do something every time. Well, and, and if you want to also talk about like not just the work that goes into it, right? They're saying, well, I own a, if I'm renting, right? My, my landlord is taking care of all the work. They're taking, if I'm in a building that has all the amenities, mm-hmm. the building is taking care of all the exterior, lawn care, snow removal. I don't want to have to do all that. Right. And it used to be like, oh, why don't you buy a property that has sweat equity in it? You're like, I'm going to fix it because by the time I'm done fixing that kitchen, it's going to be worth more. And I didn't have to spend that kind of cash. But now they're saying, I don't even want to fix anything. I just want to live and pay my rent, pay my landlord and go on with my life. So what do you say to them? Well, um, for, you're, you're talking about the tenant, the tenant. Yeah. They want oh. like a new buyer, right? If we, if we have, because buyer? The, your buyer pool oh, well, right now, it's tenants, right? They're, they don't want to rent. Yeah. You can have the building professionally managed. They'll collect the rent from the other tenants. They'll hire and, and, um, fix anything that needs to be done to the property. They'll shovel the snow and they'll also offer advisement as far as like, what should the apartment be renting for? Um, what are the, the planned projects that you'll need to do in the next three, five years from now? You know, pretty much anything is that, your fingertips it's just a matter of do you want to do it are you willing to do this Mm -hmm. you know it's nothing is handed to you in this life but if you want to that's what's great about america if you want to do something if you want to better yourself if you want to make money the opportunities are there yeah, I love oh. that you say that because Julia's like, well, maybe because, you know, it's stupid not to do it. Like, why wouldn't you do it, right? Because you're like, I live for free and I'm generating income on a monthly basis and I borrowed $300,000 from my yeah. bank and my property is increasing value where we're yeah. now like $500,000 in value and I made $200,000 in equity. And guess what? I only have to repay the 300 that I borrowed, right. but it's okay. You continue to rent and throw away your money. I'm okay with you doing that. Well, when you think long term too, you know, a 27 hundred square foot house is cost you know nine hundred grand. A twenty seven hundred square foot apartment building cost five hundred seventy five thousand. 
you know, there's opportunity, therefore, to appreciate and value. Yeah. You technically could do nothing and sometimes make a lot of money with, with these buildings. Yeah. You could just live in them. Just and- those numbers alone are amazing. And if you treat it like a business and you look at it, what other business could you buy for $600,000 that you needed to put down $30,000? Right. Right. <laughs> right. And at the same time, you have revenue that's coming in from those rents that you used to be paying rent. Mm-hmm. So take those dollars, put it towards a mortgage. And I think one of the things that you guys touch on you guys have done you're so modest but you guys are killing it you guys are doing a ton of these transactions you're helping people move not from the place that they're going to live in forever but they are just getting out of the rent roll and buying something what are some of the success stories we got time for one or two somebody that you've helped recently that went from renting to buying oh from renting to buying well uh, uh we have a she's actually a co-worker of ours mm-hmm. um but she bought a two flat uh two years ago Yep. For $550,000, and we are going to list it in the spring for 650000 wow. And yeah. they lived in one unit, and they rented out the other, and they had more than half their mortgage covered. Mm-hmm. And they decided to move to Avondale, which is an up-and-coming neighborhood. Yeah. And two years later, that's it's arrived. probably going to give them a hundred grand. Yeah. 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 And they didn't put a hundred grand down on it. I bet when they bought no, it, no, they put five percent down. That's amazing. Yeah, so and you said you bought down. yours for two fifty. You said I bought mine for four ninety. Four ninety yeah. in okay. Edgewater. Mm-hmm. But you know it does grow, and that's what oh, people yeah. just don't understand. Um, and people are saying, well, what happens when the market goes down and the value in the property goes down? Well, you don't have to immediately sell. And the good thing about a house is that if you're comfortable in your house, if you're you're living well, you know. Most of the time you can weather the storm unless you have some type of personal problem or, you know, you know, God forbid the world truly falls apart. I think that we're still stable. We're close. Oh, we're <laughs> we'll be close. talking later with Maybe the boys about are we in a bubble. But, <laughs> but um, as far as uh, this product as a, a real estate, you know, uh, category, it's not a bubble. Uh, the two to four unit buildings are actually depressed right now. And there's a number of factors. Um, many, mainly, not everyone is willing to roll up their sleeves and do some of the work that needs to be done in them. You know, her, uh, Julia and I both purchased properties in the past year. We purchased them for the exact same amount of money. Mm-hmm. They both needed the same things. We had to replace windows and do concrete and tuck pointing and this and that and kitchens and bathrooms. But we were willing to do that because, right. you know, we're invested in our, our future. If someone is willing to do some work, and buy at the right time of the year and, you know, live in it for an extended period, like maybe three, five to ten years, they can make a lot of money. There's money to be made. And I love that you say it's creating family wealth, right? Because right. truly, that's what it is. And like you said, the, the investment can, can weather over time because right. it's, as long as the tenant is paying the mortgage, who cares what the value of the property is? Eventually, when the market goes back up, at that point, you built your equity. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a one-year, two-year. Maybe it's a five-year term and maybe it's a 10-year term. But guess what? If you're buying a $250,000 uh, product and you're putting, what, 3.5%, that's what, $8,700, $8,800. And then that's all you invested into the product. And then it's growing in equity. And then it's self, it's, it's basically paying itself. And it's utilitarian because you get to live in it. And so you fire a landlord and you create wealth. And like I like to say, right, for your children's children. It's not like a mm-hmm. now instant gratification type of thing. And you leverage your best friend Joel's money because he's giving you the loan. And at the end of the day, you're only going to pay him back what he lends you, not what you what you brew, uh, grew in, in equity and in value. And I think a lot of people miss that point. And that's why I love Julia. You're just like smart. You're like, well, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you know, the reason why she was kind of shy is because she's not talking to landlords. She's talking to investors and repeat clients that mm-hmm. do understand um, the benefits of doing this because they've already bought houses, right? Well, Julia's an apartment expert, though, too. So she offers advice to people before they buy property, you know, mm-hmm. not just while they're, you know, this is what you could do. You know, you already have this. What are my options now that I own this? She she starts before and, you know, we identify properties that are investable or meet the needs of the person that we're you know, trying to help. Mm -hmm. And Julia, lastly, right? So if you're teaching people how to manage these properties and they themselves have been tenants before, I think for the most part, everybody has gone through being a tenant. They understand the, the, the process that you have to go to in order to get a property or get approved for a rental. Mm -hmm. You should know how to manage your tenants at this point, right? So do you teach your clients how to manage them themselves? Um, I do give advice. Yes. And to be honest with you, if you live in the building, you and you're going to rent it out to someone. You can be, uh, you can turn people away, right? And a lot of people don't realize that. So if you're leasing your own unit and you live it in the building and you don't like someone who came to look at it who wants to apply, you don't have to rent to them. Mm-hmm. You can be as picky as you want, and I don't think people realize that. And they're also your neighbor. I mean, it's not like you know when we use the word tenant. You know, when you're in a two or three unit building, it's your neighbor. So you tend to have a more casual uh, relationship with them than, you know, an investment property, a 20 unit building that you own, your family owns down, you know, a mile away. Um, It's a much more friendly environment. And you might not be chasing the pinnacle rent that you are in that, you know, true commercial property, where it's it's only a business, it's a supplement to your, uh, to your housing, they're paying part of your mortgage, you're, you want to be comfortable in your home. You want to be comfortable with the people that live in your home. That's what we're really good at, too. Roman, if I'm listening to the show right now and I want to buy something in the next year, before you go, tell us where we can find you and a good phone number to reach you. Okay. You can find me. Um, I work at Spaces Real Estate. I'm at Spaces Invest. Our email's invest at spacesre.com. And my phone number is 586-615-2519. You guys are honest. You're right to the point. You guys have said it all. You can really build wealth by buying multifamily properties. Stop paying rent and do it. Julia, where can we find you, dear? Uh, phone number, yeah. 773-316-9944. And um, our personal email addresses are first names at spacesre.com. Thanks for coming on, guys. You Thank guys you are so awesome. much. Love it. Great information. It's me. really inspiring to hear other realtors. And I think for the most part, the industry is moving into that utilitarian uh, investment type where you're actually buying property. Are you doing a lot of loans for multi-units? Is it, is it different from when you're getting approved for a single family or condo? Here's the reason it is different. Because what you can actually do if you're buying a multi-family versus a single family property, I have people that don't make enough money to go out and buy a $700,000 place. They're working on a teacher's salary or they might be a police officer and they could buy maybe a two or $300,000 place perfectly fine and they don't have the conversation unless they speak with somebody that you could actually go out and use the rents to buy a higher property. So you can easily go out as long as there's a lot of rental income coming in on the other units, buy above what you normally would have and still have a unit that's two or $300,000. 
Love it. Great advice. And I think it's discouraging for some people because, again, they don't want to do the work. But if you just want to, you know, invest for your future, it's kind of a win-win situation. Don't you agree, Tammy? I totally do. And I also want to take this moment to remind people that if you are a first-time homebuyer, you haven't purchased your home yet, and you're thinking this multi-unit thing is a great idea, how do I get involved? Do the multi-unit first. If you've already purchased your your single-family residence, it's going to be a little more challenging to do the multi-family with as little money down. So you want to be able to, you're going to buy the property, move in the property, uh, buy it first. You can do that and then get your single family next. Awesome. Great advice. Great advice. We're always here to give you ideas into how to invest for yourself and also win-win in the world of real estate. So who are our guests? I don't know them. I've never met them before. <laughs> I've never seen these people before never? in my life. Uh, our festive guests today are none other than Joey and Adam from Property of Chicago. Welcome, Hi, gentlemen. Boy. Hi, How are you guys today? <laughs> I think I should be sitting on that side, Tim. I mean, like, come on. Look at the colors. And then there's you guys with the black and the I know. Blues. I'm so drab. Yeah. Good to you guys today. But <laughs> a little festive today. You know, Adam has one of these that has lights that light up while he's talking. No. So you held back. We held back. back. Okay. So you're walking around with lights and everything. I I, I did say this earlier, but you, you, you fraught upon me. You said it wasn't ugly sweater day. No, it's not ugly sweater day. It's festive sweater festive day. Sweater I love day. festive. Oh, what are you saying? It has like, it has like cat lasers going across. <laughs> a couple of Santa Claus faces. It's my favorite. Is, who's, that, is that a real Santa Claus? I mean, like, that's kind of like a... I mean, he's wearing lipstick, so... Yeah. Oh, hi. Sure. He's jazzy Santa. <laughs> jazzy Santa. Aren't, aren't all Santa Clauses real? I'm going to... Yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> I love to sit on Santa Claus's lap. Are oh, you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> okay, Carla. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's her birthday. I mean, she we had Julia she earlier talking Speaking about crazy, naughty stories. things. I think. <laughs> all right, let's move on, gentlemen. Yeah. So we're talking about, are we in a bubble? Okay, wait. Should we wait, all quit our jobs? Let, yeah, let's let's no. preface by saying, oh, okay. like, should we all quit our let's jobs? Let's be professional here. I hope not. But I just want to preface by saying, I, I think the temperature is that there's a softening of the market that we in the industry know happens every year. So we're in December. This started happening in October uh, here in Chicago and in other cities around the country. Um, and so some people uh, are, are kind of concerned uh, about it, especially coming from where we've been in the past, that there might be a bubble. So, yes, please speak to this for us, gentlemen. So interestingly, we were reading an article that's just been put out by UBS, which is one of the world's largest financial institutions. Um, And what they do every year is rank 24 countries around the world based on their real estate markets and where they are at. Um, And they've just finished the rankings for this year. Um, It includes five cities in the US. Um, One of the things to note from the report is that um, this year marks the end of the current boom. Oh, so the 2019 marks the end of the boom. That was a highlight out of this article. You said uh, 24 countries. It's 24 cities. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what they're saying is that for the first time since 2012, we've seen stagnation in average price of real estate um, across the board in this 24-city study. Um, but what is a boom? Um, a boom is when we have uh, prices increasing of any asset, right? So you could have a boom for wheat or a boom for soybeans. But we're talking about a real estate boom. And we can look back and see that our local bottom of the market after things crashed in 2007 and 8, we bottomed out price-wise in December of 2011. And from December of 2011 all the way through the end of 2018, 
we've had an increase in average price of our real estate. So that's a boom. Well, what happens at the end of a boom? Well, we crest, right? So we, we hit the top. We have a couple of options. We can have a bubble that bursts, which is obviously uh, the worst case scenario, or we can have what's sort of like a natural ebb and flow of market, right? We can't increase on price forever. It can't always be a seller's market. We could soften slightly, cool down, and then heat back up. But this is scary for people because, I mean, any of us that were around in 2008, um, that that was real. There was this reverberation of fear. People were losing their jobs. There was bad stuff happening. And I remember even back then people were asking, like, it, you know, is it even okay to still buy a home? Is it, you know, what is is real estate just not going to be a thing anymore? It it shook people's security so much to the to their core. And so I, I'm guessing that's where a bunch of this fear comes from. But how can you speak to that then? What's it, what's actually the definition of a bubble and what's different this time? So the the actual definition of a bubble, I'm going to read this. It's uh, a substantial and sustained mispricing of an asset. And a a bubble can really only be defined once it bursts, right? So there are a few few factors that we can look at to sort of predict uh, when a bubble is going to happen. But like an earthquake, it's going to strike. uh, And you don't really know that the earthquake happened until it happened. So in our last real estate bubble, we had the subprime loan market, sorry lenders, um, that sort of was the, the thing that undercut all of our pricing. So we had uh, bad loans that went out and then a lot of people had to foreclose on those loans because they couldn't afford them. That meant that we had a whole surge of inventory coming to the market and when you have a lot of supply and less demand, prices go down. Right? We don't have that big extenuating circumstance. We don't have that subprime market. We don't have a lot of the factors that went into the giant crash and that sent us careening downwards and set the, the globe into economic torture. Um, so what, what we're seeing now isn't like that. What we think we're seeing is more of just a general ebb and flow of the market. And Adam, why don't you talk a little bit more That's about That's kind of what the report summarized. Of the 24 cities, it marked a few as being at risk. Um, the top of the list was Munich in Germany. Second was Paris in France. Um, but of the cities in the US, only a few were marked as overvalued, which was cities you'd expect like LA, San Francisco, New York. And, and then fair valued, they looked at Boston. And then Chicago, out of all the 24 cities that, the, that they cite, Chicago is the only city that was ranked as undervalued, right? So, wow. so our prices are sort of deflated. So we didn't grow at the same rate as um, as like cities. So is this you mean the only city out of all the cities that they rated in the entire world? The whole twenty four, yeah. Okay. The twenty four that they rated, we were the only that ranked as undervalued. So that, that's a calming effect. It's a calming thing for us locally here in Chicago. But again, in the U.S., there was nothing at risk uh, of bubble bursting. There were some that were overvalued, um, but Chicago, hey, we're looking pretty good. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is great news, I think. Um, Joel, what, we just talked about the subprime market, and you've been yeah. in the business a long time, too. Um, talk to our listeners a little bit about how you think that's different. Uh, the world was different then than it is now, especially in lending and real estate. Ten years ago, you could buy a place for $700,000, come in. I didn't ask for pay stubs. I didn't ask for anything. And the house would get 100% loan to value. So if you had even a small downturn in the value, you walk away from the property. Now, flash forward 10 years later, we are double and triple checking everything. There are down payment requirements, go figure, (laughs) and it makes sense. We went from a completely, it doesn't make any sense to, oh, that makes some sense. And what it means is that people will not be walking away from properties unless we see a major drop. And since we didn't have the leverage 
it's a very unlikely event. And I read that same article. I've seen that. And we in Chicago know we're not San Francisco yeah. mm-hmm. and we're not New York. It makes sense to us. We don't. We don't have the big waves. We don't have the the big you know frequency shifts that that those cities have. I love that you brought that article in. And and we have stability, like you're saying. The the lending market is more stable now. It's more heavily regulated, and that creates stability in our in the valuation of our properties. It is. Yeah, I totally agree. It's. I tell people when they ask about that, the history of the market, maybe they're first time home buyers, and maybe they're scared about a bubble. Um, that you know, it wasn't. It wasn't actually the programs that were destructive. The worst program that was out at that time was the Australian loan. Remember that that one, the big like it'll put you in negative amortization right away, which means you're upside down in your value in your house. It wasn't investor product. The problem wasn't the product. The product was brilliant. It was come up with by people at MIT um, and, you know, students of of economics and finance. What the problem was, was the lack of integrity in the placement of the, of people into those loans and the lack of regulation in the industry to measure that integrity. And those, so we have virtually the same loan programs on the market now with some exception. Um, and you can't go 100% value on everything, but we have basically the same types of loan programs on the market with more regulation and higher integrity on doing due diligence to make sure the people that are getting in these homes can pay for the homes and that way they stay in them and our market is stabilized. So I couldn't agree with you more. But tell our tell our uh, our viewers and our listeners. You guys had mentioned earlier that 2009 was a correction year. What do you mean by that? So 2019, or 2019, uh, sorry, as a correction year. And what we're saying is that the the boom has ended, so price increases uh, have stopped. Right? We're we're sort of we're, we've stagnated. And what we've seen in Chicago year over year is a small dip in prices. Right? So we're watching them go down ever so slightly and ever so slowly. We're not seeing 20% decreases in 12 months. We're seeing 1% to 3% decreases Roger. in price, right? But for the last seven years of growth, we've only been seeing the 1% to 3% increases in price. We don't get, like, again, California, New York. We don't get the 10% in one year. So we're watching just this natural market flow. And we expect to see this happen for the next 12 months at least, um, maybe 18 to 24, and then probably sort of trough back out and go into a, a more seller's market. Yeah. Right? So we see prices increase again slowly. Carla, what do you think about this? Let me add to the fact to the micro like level, right? Chicago per se, our neighborhoods, even the most expensive neighborhoods in the city of Chicago never went up that high right, because right. we also had those checks and balances that are called appraisers. And even our appraisers were like, you're crazy. I know that you have 10 offers on this property, but this is the value based on past sales. Like, right. so there was a limit amount even during the boom. And I know we're in a correction now. Um, we weren't seeing high prices. We were seeing a lot of bidding wars, but I saw that buyers were a little bit more conservative with their bidding wars. And then now with the correction, right? Um, even with that, the, you're still seeing prices that are not like ridiculous where you can't, it's not affordable. And I know that we were trending that way where the buyers were saying, well, the wages aren't keeping up with the values. Well, there's so much demand because there's not a lot of supply. So in Chicago, I feel like there's so much opportunity. Uh, values are still very affordable, even in the single family sector for our families who sold their condos and want to move into a single family because they've done it. But then for all millennials, we're encouraging you to go ahead and invest in multi-units so you can put yourself in a financial financial situation that when you decide to buy a single family, you can buy whatever you want. Because guess what? Your uh, your investment is going to is going to subsidize that home or that car or that trip. We recommend you subsidize that house. But again, Chicago in comparison to all those other major markets, I believe, is still very affordable. Agreed. But so the, the question begs: What do we do now? If twenty nineteen was a correction year, what do we do for twenty twenty? And you know, 
people are asking us, hey, what do we do? What are we telling buyers and sellers? For buyers, I think the big thing is to be patient. You know, if you don't see the product that you want right now or something's not quite right, be patient because sellers will be forced to come to market in terms of their expectations on price as well. So maybe if things are a bit overpriced now, at some point, if they really do want to sell, if they're serious, be patient and they'll come around. Great advice. And for sellers, we're telling them you have to be realistic. You don't have to be just compelling or just competitive. You have to be compelling. You have to make the upgrades to the place. You have to do the painting. You have to do the staging because you really have to outshine when we have more inventory and fewer buyers. Yeah. So really price aggressively and compellingly and make the property really something that people want to buy. Real estate has become, sorry, Tammy, has become a very competitive business, right? It's not the business of let me put a sign and I I hear that's cliche, right? But it's not just that. I mean, there's so many competing factors like the iBuyers now the, the the third-party websites even a company like ours and yours we we're, we're competing for being you know top of mind and and selling property fast and for the highest yield but i think that it goes back to the old way of doing real estate it's understanding the market and like you said be patient i love that you said that because there's not a lot of inventory and people get like well i mean it, it, i want to get rich quick like there is no rich quick with real estate and when you're selling a car, you fix it, you clean it up, and you detail it, and you do all those things to sell it. And you're going to sell it for less than what you pay for. But in real estate, you want to do nothing to it and then get more money for it, and you lived in it, so it was utilitarian. It served a purpose. I don't get it. Like, you know, it's real estate. So I'm glad that it's changing the dynamics for more people to become more intrigued but also understand that there is intricacies in real estate. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that the major takeaway from from this that, that I see is just being mindful that we are in a natural ebb and flow of the market, understanding that that is what the real estate market is. Unless you're in a, a flipping game, this is this is what you're doing. You're buying a property and you're letting it gain equity uh, for the long haul, for the wealth for your children's children, as Carla says every time. So I love that. I love that you guys brought this topic for us today. Um, what is one thing you would like to say in closing to our viewers. Well, it's the holiday season, and not just as evidenced by our beautiful sweaters that are not ugly, so but festive. Uh, and so, you know, what, I, what I'd like to tell everyone is that the best gift you can really give yourself is a roof over your head, and it's a roof that you own. So get out we there. We need a jingle buy. behind that. Is that a commercial? <laughs> I should I need go like back a little there elf again. dancing on my shoulder, right? <laughs> I love that. That is so true, though. Yeah. Who doesn't want a house as right? a gift Jay for, said, for put a ring on right? it. You're like, put a roof on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you like it, then you should have put a roof on yes, it. Yeah, I love that voice. Wait, so am, I the, no, am I the Beyonce of real estate <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah, you are. <laughs> the J-Lo. Uh, you guys, tell people where to find you if they want to get in touch with you for to buy a home for the holiday season. Easiest place to go is propertyofchicago.com. That's our brokerage website, and you've got all of our contact information right there. I Lovely. Thanks for being here with us again, you guys. Thanks for having Thank us. Happiest you. of holidays to all of you. Thank you. Yeah, you too. You know, it's awesome how they broke down the information, though, because I think that going back historically and just understanding and the, defining what a bubble is, that's what gets me really excited about the show. It's that, you know... It, it's really hard to understand real estate and understand what's happening. And people talk about these term words like an adjustment period, a correction period, a bubble. And if you're not in the business, it makes zero sense to you, right? It's true. I tried to, to bring in the best of the best. And so does Joel. And so does Carla. We work to bring you guys people that are top-notch experts in the industry so you guys can elevate your real estate IQ. I would like for everyone to please remember that all of these shows that we do are saved and cataloged on our YouTube channel. They're also on our Facebook page, on Apple Podcasts. 
Podcasts and on Google Play. So please follow us. Mod is in its fifth year, guys. So bringing you information on a weekly basis that you can really use. So like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. And now it is with great pleasure that I hang out with my girl that I've seen all week. So hello. Hello. <laughs>、uh, but she's here to tell you what are the five plants that are trending in 2020 so you can keep your home plant happy. Take、Hi. it away, Rebecca. Thanks, Carla. I'm so excited to be here, as always.、Um, I'm going to be telling you a little bit about sort of the trends that are going to be happening. This, what I think are happening in 2020 for plants.、Um, winter is completely upon us. So. Most of us who have outdoor gardens have buttoned them up and winterized them, so it's the perfect time to focus on houseplants. So we've got, I don't know, let's say, not kindly, five months of winter ahead of us. And let's、um, focus on what we can do to bring green into our homes and be plant happy.、Um, so, houseplants with color. More than green, meaning variegated leaves, leaves that are green and、um, white, or some things that have hints of pink and red and burgundy. We're going to see a lot more foliage with, with、um, colorful edges to them, even. And that feeds into sort of keeping your house beautiful, right? We pick things that are, that we are, that appeal to us and we are,、uh, that sort of show our unique personalities, which is great.、Um, does everybody know succulents, right? Everybody seen the succulent trend? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's、yeah. okay. awesome. It's a fave. <laughs> It's a fave, right? They're It, easy to keep. They're easy to keep, which is why lots of people like them. We don't necessarily, like those of us, Who don't have a green thumb, perhaps? Am I still the it- only person that kills succulents? <laughs> <laughs> I've killed a succulent. Guilty. <laughs> They're not easy to keep. You gotta spray them.、No. You gotta spray them. You have to be, plants like anything else need to be tended. Let's talk about that. So they do, you can't just put them in a windowsill and think, oh, it's gonna be just fine. They need some attention. Sometimes it's weekly, sometimes it's bi weekly, depending on the, The type of plant and the air in your house and how dry it is. And it's winter, so they're gonna need some attention for watering and spraying. But succulents tend to be some of the easiest to care for. And this trend that we're seeing succulents everywhere is really cool because now breeders and growers are on top of this and they're making some really incredible succulents. Colors that we've not seen before. We're seeing more reds, we're burgundies. There's one that looks like a rosebud and it's pink. It's beautiful. There's another one that's really cool that looks like a jumping dolphin. And it's like, a, like if you think about a moon and the moon has wings, it's like, it looks like a dolphin and it's strange. <laughs> It's really cool. So, there's even some with、um, black leaves, which is kind of crazy, right? The, the green is so dark, it almost looks black. So, breeders and growers are going to take advantage of this, and we're going to see more of that.、Um, houseplant communities, right?、Mm. Houseplants as a hobby? What do you think? No, yes. Yes, no? Okay. So, not so much in the past, but there are some really great apps out there. I use something called Grow It, I've been using it for about three years. These are places where people can upload pictures of plants and then have conversations with other people who have plants and talk about problems that they might be having, pests, how to grow it,、wow. maybe have plant exchange. So, these really great communities. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So, it's a total, it's turning into、so、it's like a, a meetup for plants. It is.、Okay. And you're going to see some more of that developing. And these communities are online and in person, which is really cool. So,、um, another one that's really great is garden tags. How Grow It did some
surveys this year, and 30% of all the plants that were uploaded to grow it were houseplants. So it's telling you this is the direction we're going in, more and more houseplants. Um, now, the other thing is houseplants is living decor, and we've been talking about this as wild. This is biophilic design. This is... Uh, uh, plants and nature, I mean, plants that reconnect you to nature, and we're going to see lots more of that. Plants as focal points at homes, and plants literally as decor. And then the last thing you're going to see are more rare houseplants. Houseplants that breeders are really specializing in. One one plant might be $200, which is even a bigger draw for people who are like collectors. So now houseplants are moving into this trend of being collectibles like coins, which is crazy. So I'm excited to see all these things really sort of show up this in the next year. And, you know, if you have any, oh, and using them to as decoration. So I like pairing them with crystals. That's another part of the decorations. You'll see more of that on planthappy.com and other plants. So those are my thoughts for what 2020 is going to happen. And if you have any questions, you can find me everywhere at Live Plant Happy. Love it. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your segment. Um, it's always great to know, you know, what else you can add to your home and decorations. And again, I mean, I always tell our clients if they're looking to sell, especially in this holiday season, you have to bring in some green, right? Because it's still gloomy. And like you said, it gets dark outside really fast. So you want to make it a happy place. So I love that she brings in all this information. Yeah, I do too. I actually just got a tower garden. I'm doing hydroponics now at home. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm glad she didn't correct me when I said it was really easy. I realized it's probably my wife, Christine, who keeps these plants. <laughs> just there, watered and perfect and it does it takes so much work and so yeah. it was really great that she didn't correct me because i think it does take more than just a little bit of spraying with as many hours as you put in the office i doubt you're in there knowing when to and that's my problem how do you know when to spray the plant and happy.com she literally does oh. know her stuff and it's really cool and i really like the idea of getting an exotic plant i would i, I could go for yeah, something that's some rare an expensive plant, plant? yeah you're gonna kill in like what 30 days no christine honey <laughs> bring it at home get the water ready <laughs> i I love it. Everybody needs a Christine in their life. But we also, everybody needs someone that's going to help them and keep them in shape because... You know, I have zero self-control when it comes to eating. And I think everybody's so tired of all my food posting, but I love food. It's my love language. What what do you think, Tammy? Do you... Yeah, I mean, you're I'm right there next with me. I'm 22 weeks pregnant right now, so food's like my best friend. <laughs> like, you're like, morning, I have like... an excuse, Joel. Uh, every single year, I'll go on a cleanse, and it's just about self control, and you need somebody that can guide you in the right direction. So, if you want to eat like you do on your birthday and go crazy, or every day, yeah, or every day, <laughs> it's really good to have somebody like Javier in the studio. So, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Happy birthday. Thank you, Javi. I wanted Um, to bring you on and talk to us during our business highlight because I think it's imperative for everybody to start getting into shape and getting into next year. As I celebrate 42 years, I feel that it's important for you to work out. I mean, I'm a mom. 32 years. No, 38. I'm a millennial. What's a cutoff for millennials, you guys? (laughs) Unbelievable. But it's important to work out. And I think moms, more so than anyone else, uh, they're always making excuses like, I can't do it because, you know, the kids and come on i my kids start school at 8 a.m every day so like i have to drive them so there's no excuses if my busy schedule if i can fit in one hour to invest in me and that's why i want to share javier with you because he's an outstanding personal trainer and he's also a great businessman can you tell us a little bit more about your business yes thank you very much so yeah absolutely not everybody is as lucky as carla first off to be looking as great as she does and eating whatever she wants <laughs> so that's a great obviously blessing that you have but a little bit about me. I've been a personal trainer for 10 plus years with the nutrition background and um, mindset coach as well. I have my gym in the West Loop here in Chicago. 
And yeah, my, my whole philosophy is we're not going to preach perfection because life is meant to be enjoyed, but you have to build healthy habits. You have to make sure you're doing it consistently. And when you do that, it just becomes pretty much what your normal life is. It's good because I think that when you when you don't know what to do, like, for example, I'm always on my phone. So if I'm going to go to the gym, I'm not going to focus. I'm going to start working on the phone because then my clients need me and you're texting me or someone's texting me. So my attention is taken away. But when you're with the personal trainer, there's that accountability to, like, put it away, Carla. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't listen all the time, but and, and I it, try to. And I do that with my clients. I'm like, give me, my, give me the phone, 30 mm-hmm. minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it is. Let's just focus, get the job done and out the door because life is hectic and we're in the holiday season too so i get it but it's just about you know prioritizing the 30 45 minutes and then just getting the job done love it javi give us what is your best advice for december right because it's one of the i mean even like thanksgiving yes. and then there's the holidays and you know people i i don't know if i believe in these cleanses right, right. it's more so of like every day putting it in and mm-hmm. i've been working out for a year and seriously i've never used to work out and i just feel amazing and i'm not saying this for whatever reasons take it for what it's worth it really gets me more energy actually so what is your advice for someone that's busy and has never worked out what is like how do you get them to come out and show up so my best advice is again just prioritize doing something small if you haven't done this in a while you don't have to put in 90 minutes uh, working out that can be kind of overwhelming and you're probably not going to stick with it so my idea is do something 15 20 minutes 30 minutes start gradually adding on from there making sure you're trying to hydrate yourself get enough sleep limit the calories you're drinking and First and foremost, just enjoy the holidays because they're supposed to be with your family, but it's one day. Don't make the excuse to say Thanksgiving was a month. Thanksgiving is one day. Did you just say that, limit your calories and what you're drinking? Because I think I drink all my calories. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not the ideal way to do it. So nourish your body well, but obviously drink plenty of water, hydrate yourself. And if you're going to enjoy the, the drinks that people enjoy, just try to limit them. And for the most part, you work with a lot of business women and businessmen. Right. So um, what do you say to someone that says, well, I may not have a budget for a personal trainer. How do I get started? What is your advice to them? Well, my advice, again, it, personal training isn't as expensive as a lot of people think. Number one, um, there's a lot of ways you could, uh, I can help individuals. It doesn't have to be one-on-one. It could be through you know online training. It could be just sending the program to them, uh, monitoring them through other ways. So it's a lot more affordable than people think. But number two, if you're not going to do that, then just go out there and just enjoy the movement. So do whatever you want to do, but enjoy it. Do 15, like I said, 20 minutes and really put the focus on it. Put the phone away. Don't put any other uh, distractions near you and just put going to work. Love it. And you also are a business owner and you're bringing in Mex Punch into Mex the city Punch, of Chicago. Yes. I've seen it now at Cermak Food Product. Produce. It will be in Cermak's, um, Cermak Markets Sorry. starting before Christmas, so you'll be able to buy it. Um, did you bring us samples? Very excited. I did not. It what? Was your, you know what? I'm driving <laughs> I here love tequila. I know you do. I know you would probably <laughs> would have been the first one to crack it open. Uh, but no, I have, I'm sorry. I did not. Next time I definitely will. But it's something against a low calorie drink, 100 calories, uh, citrus tequila, and sparkling water. Oh, Simple ingredients, mm-hmm. amazing taste. And Cermak, when they taste it, they're like, we got to have it everywhere. That's so it, it'll be available in a week, week and a half at their markets. And then starting 2020, a lot more places here in Chicago. I love it. So he's taking his fitness into that whole entertainment sector, Great. right? Absolutely. Yeah, I need to line that up for May. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, as soon as I have drink. this baby. Yeah. <laughs>
Lots to celebrate again. Thank you, Javi. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Even if just to check your rates or, yeah. you know, to get started or if they need a boost of confidence to get into the gym. Absolutely. So for whatever you need health, fitness, mindset approach, contact me on my website. It's JavierGutierrez.net. You can also find me on my Instagram, fitnesswjavier, fitness with Javier. Very um, active on that. So I'll be able to answer any messages. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing your time. Um, and again, it's just sharing information, right? So Javi and I work together. We've hosted events. Uh, we call them Invest in You. And so we'll go and do these pop-ups at these various uh, rental buildings. And we educate people on how to take care of themselves physically. And then we teach them how to invest in their wealth. And so investing in you, it means taking care of yourself and your health and also creating wealth and abundance so that you can live that life that you want to live. Everybody talks about, you know, following your passion and doing what you're passionate about. Well, you can't do that if you're, you know, you're working nine to five and you're not taking care of yourself and you're not building that residual income like Julia and her partner talked about earlier today with the rentals. You gotta be healthy, wealthy, and wise. You can't do everything and burn the candle at both ends. That's what's so great about having people on the WGN Market Overdrive show is that they're actually helping you with some small techniques that'll help you grow your business, get yourself healthy, and get ready for 2020. So today, who's in the house, baby? How have you been? Doing well. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, you been working out? Season, man. Right. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. It's everybody's off season. Yeah, that no carbs. It's never going to happen. I mean, seriously, I eat what I mean, and I do have. You know, my family is very thin, but you you also got to take care of yourself as well. Like no one wants to have a heart attack with as much stress as we endure. But anyway, enough about me, Greg. How's it going? What's in the scene? I tell you what, a lot is happening. Yeah. We're very very excited. So we're wrapping up uh, 2019. So we got a couple of events coming up uh, that I want to uh, promote here. Awesome. And um, one being uh, the Grinch that gave back Christmas is coming up a week from this Friday. So go out, check that uh, event out. But it's a great way to get involved and give back. And it's addition- a play? No, it's a, it's just a social event, uh, networking, and it's a, a nonprofit event. Oh, cool. So, okay. yeah. Um, and then we also have very exciting news on the Tony P's networking front. Yeah, we just partnered with a wine social networking group. Ooh, yeah, so high-end awesome. high, high end wine events coming up. Um, one of our first ones is December 27th at the W. So more information can be found about that on Tony P's networking events page on Facebook. And then we have, um, we're kicking off 2020 very strong. So um, a couple of events uh, in 2020 would be our Green and Chai panel discussion, which will be January 7th at Hubbard Inn. If you haven't been to Hubbard Inn lately, I recommend you check it out. They just remodeled it. It looks absolutely amazing. And then on January 15th, we have our Tony P networking event at Electric Hotel. And then on January 22nd, um, we have our Green and Shy second event at the Godfrey. So, and I made sure that they had to have the the Winter Wonderland up and running. I love that part. That's so cute with the little domes or outdoor domes yeah it's it's amazing i uh i went and i checked it out uh, a couple weekends ago when they were setting it up and just all the work and energy that goes into making a really beautiful space come to life in the winter months uh they did it they knocked it out of the park so thank check you. it out if you haven't already and what's the website or facebook page that people can go and log on to follow you and find your events yep 
Absolutely. So you can always go to Tony P's networking page on Facebook. That is the best place probably to find pictures, videos, and just learn about all the events happening in Chicago, not just Tony P events. Uh, Of course, we have a newsletter as well that goes out on a weekly basis. So we just want people to get out get off the couch, get involved, uh, and have some fun. And then also we, uh, you can join us on LinkedIn as well on our Tony P's networking page. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Greg, for hanging out with us and bringing us this information. Thank you so much for having me. I really love it. <laughs> Appreciate it. And again and again, right? This is what we're all about. We are the Mod Squad, and we're here to elevate your real estate IQ, but we're also here to introduce you to our network, who's helping us get our business done and why it is that we are so successful. I want to thank my co-hosts for being here and supporting me in this endeavor. And again, again, every everybody else uh, that makes this happen. Thank you, WGN, for the beautiful flowers on my birthday. I actually match. (laughs) And remember, we're here every other Thursday to elevate your real estate IQ. Market Overdrive is a bi-weekly show, so we're not reporters. We're literally living this every single week. And so if you have somebody that you want on the air, or if you have a topic that you think we should discuss, email us, marketing at marketoverdrive.com. Again, follow us on Instagram, like us on our Facebook page, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. And we hope that you learned something substantial today or that you got something out of this. Maybe just one little piece of advice that you could add to your toolbox of life. And uh, yeah, follow us if you haven't already. And if you have any questions about selling or staging your property or when is the right time to buy or is it still a good time to, you know, do a flip because you're talking about, you're hearing us talk about all these corrections. Every market is very different. So you have to speak with someone that understands the market and can give you statistical data to help you navigate through that investment. We are full of resources here. We have great contacts. So we will put you in touch with whomever you need to speak with in order to get you to win again and again in the game we call real estate. It is with great pride that I close out today with my birthday in celebration and being thankful for all of you who have followed us for now five years as we almost end up this year's uh, show and we enter into next year and we're super excited about 2020 as we're adding more components to the show and we hope that you continue uh, to hang out with us and learn what it is that we do. Thank you again and again. Good night. 